Welcome to The Joe Show, a podcast that has real conversations with real people about topics that really matter to you. And now your podcast host, Joe Amaral. So the title is A Christian Response to the COVID-19 Global Pandemic. I mean, I never thought I'd have to use the word pandemic in, in a sermon or a, or a show title, but, you know, here, here we are, right, friends? You know, we're living in really unusual and, and crazy times. You know, this COVID-19 global virus uh, pandemic is, is unprecedented. You know, this is the kind of stuff you usually read about in, in novels or you expect to find in the latest Hollywood action thriller, you know, blockbuster movie. And I, I think you can bank on this. In about 10 years from now, our grandchildren, or for those of you who have young kids, uh, they're going to be given assignments at school uh, to interview survivors, right, of the great 2020 global pandemic, you know. And guess what? They're going to be coming to you looking for an interview, and my grandkids are going to be, you know, uh, coming to me. Grandpa, did you survive the 2020 pandemic, you know? Because this is the new normal for us, and I got to wonder how future generations are going to look back and what they're going to say and what they're going to think about how we handled this pandemic. And so I went out for a, a walk the other day because, you know, it's, it's important to get out of the house sometimes, right? We're still practicing social distancing, but just going for a walk, take the dog out and, you know, stretch your legs, get some fresh air. But while I was on this walk, it was, it was the weirdest thing. It was Thursday, uh, just after about 12 o'clock, about noon. And it was the, the first official day of spring. And when I got to the end of my street, we have a four-way stop sign. And it just so happened that when I got there, I mean, there wasn't a single car in sight. I looked left, right, you know, up street, down the street. There wasn't a single car in sight. And I didn't see a single person walking around. I know it, it doesn't always happen. But it was like one of those, you know, scenes you see in those crazy end-of-the-world kind of movies, you know. And, you know, people are scared. People, people are afraid right now. And the truth is, some people are freaking out. It's all everybody's talking about on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. You know, people are posting about how they're dealing with this ongoing self-quarantine. Uh, you probably noticed even all the big talk shows on television, they're taping without audiences. I mean, it's stuff we've never seen before. And it really hit home for me personally this week. Uh, because a 51-year-old man who was a Milton resident, the community, that's where I live. I live in Milton. This 51-year-old uh, gentleman died on Thursday um, in an Oakville hospital after testing positive for COVID-19. I think it's really got people going, guys, this is real. Like, I mean, we need to be very careful about what, about what we're doing. And so I was thinking about how much our lives have changed over the past week, even. Just the past week. I mean, even a week ago today, some churches were still considering, do we have service, do we not have service? And today, it's not even a question. You, you can't. With the state of emergency, you, just, you can't. And so I got thinking about it, and I thought, man, that wasn't that long ago that I could turn my TV on on a Saturday morning and watch soccer. I miss soccer. <laughs> I know it sounds, it sounds silly, but just to be able to turn it on and watch my, my games. And, and so I, I went on to my soccer channel this morning. You know what was on? nothing at least last week we had darts this week we have absolutely nothing you know for some of you it's it's been you know basketball being canceled or hockey or baseball or whatever other sport you watch and now it's it's all gone you know it wasn't that long ago that you could just you know pop in a 
Walmart and, and grab some toilet paper and other basic you know, cleaning supplies that you needed, try that today. Those, those shelves are they're practically and completely empty. It wasn't that long ago that you could just pop into Timmy's with your buddies or Starbucks to meet some friends and sit down for a coffee. That's gone. It wasn't that long ago that you could meet up with friends and, you know, go have dinner at your favorite restaurant. And guess what? That's gone. You know, I was supposed to fly out tomorrow morning uh, to Nova Scotia to go pick up our son. He's He's been out there doing his internship and I was supposed to bring him home, but... I can't fly tomorrow, so he's driving home with another student. I had to cancel the flight. The ability to travel, that's practically gone. It's incredible to think how much our lives have changed in, in such a short period of time. And for me, the saddest thing is I had to cancel my, my short-term missions trip to Liberia. We are supposed to leave in mid-May, but now Liberia has also had their first three cases of reported uh, COVID-19. And so... You know, we we're supposed to go out there with a team of 12 volunteers to serve the communities. You know, we were supposed to drive out to one of the remote villages that we've been helping and, and, and assist them in building a church, and now we can't do that. We were scheduled to visit some of the poorest communities and feed thousands and thousands of people. We had it all ready to go, and we had to cancel that. And I was supposed to have a two-day conference with 500 pastors. The city had given us the, the city hall to use, unprecedented. They'd never done that before. And... Now that has to be postponed to life has changed and a line of the sand has, has been drawn. And for the first time in our, in our lifetimes, the whole world is dealing with the same problem at the same time. It's, it's a crazy thing when you, when you think about it. And so when I go get stats and information about what's going on, you know, don't just Google it. Make sure you're going to the, to the proper sources. And so I was on the WHO, the World health organization website just this morning and they said as of March 20th this morning globally there are over 234,000 uh, confirmed cases of people with COVID-19 and nearly 10,000 people have died from the disease and that death toll has already surpassed uh, the SARS epidemic of 2002 and 2003 so what's our response and how are we supposed to act or react in all of this that's the question that I've been getting from people like Pastor Joe how are we supposed to live in the midst of all that's going on? You know, is a Christian supposed to act any different than a non-Christian during this epidemic or any, you know, pandemic? I keep hearing on social media that, you know, we're to live by faith and not by fear. And you know what? I believe that. I believe that we should live by faith and not by fear. And I'm not afraid, but I'm, but I'm careful. I'm, I'm in a relatively good health, you know, I'm, I'm a 50-year-old man, but I'm not worried about what this virus could do to me. We need to think beyond just ourselves. How does this affect me? How does it affect Joe? How does it affect you? We need to think about the vulnerable in our community. You know, and it's scary to think, and you know the stats, so I'm not going to give you all the stats. We've been in this long enough to know what's going on. But we can become infected with COVID-19 and not manifest any symptoms for, for 3 to 12 days, they're telling us. And in that time, we can pass on the virus to other people. That's why social isolation and social distancing has become so important. I mean, how would I feel if I contracted it because I wasn't following what they were telling me to do? And then I go visit my mom or my in-laws who, who are all in their, in their 70s, and God forbid that they would, they would get anything. So we need to be very careful about what we do. 
uh, just yesterday, today's Saturday, or yeah, yesterday, Friday, we got an email from our district superintendent, Lori Gibbons, uh, the Western Ontario District of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, and he sent out some some things for pastors to have and just to be able to know how to operate and function in these, you know, uncharted, you know, in this uncharted territory. And they had a lot of really good things in the report. And one of the things that, that he said that really hit me was, he said, we need to be, check this out, law-abiding, solution-providing, responsible citizens of our community. Be law-abiding, solution-providing, responsible citizens of our community. And so there's a lot of talk out there about, you know, faith versus fear. And how do we react? And shouldn't we be afraid? Is it okay to be afraid? And, you know, what does it mean to be full of faith? And how does that manifest it? So I want to kind of try and dissect that a little bit and give us some, some strong scriptural verses that are, that are going to help us to walk through this, this pandemic. And so the whole faith versus fear thing, you know, people say, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Uh, you know, sometimes it's actually good to be afraid. <laughs> sometimes fear can be a healthy thing. And it can even be a protective thing. Let me give you an example. Uh, a couple of years ago, I had the chance to uh, go minister down in South Africa. And I had a great, great time. And at the end of my trip, they said, we want to invite you to go to uh, Kruger National Park in, in South Africa there. And it's one of the most famous places you can go on safari. And you can see the big five animals that are really hard to see and stuff. And here's this guy from Toronto. You know, I mean, we just, we don't get to see these kinds of things. And I remember we were driving through in my protected Jeep, okay? It was really cool to see the lions and to see the rhinos and elephants and all that and the leopards and all that stuff. But from inside my protected vehicle, fear kept me inside. Um, just a, a healthy, a healthy um, batch of, uh, of human uh, wisdom told me stay inside the vehicle. And I remember we, we were driving through and we saw something like 43 lions. It was insane. But as we were driving, we could hear the male lion like doing his, his um, not a bark, but this kind of roar he does when he's eating. And he's basically saying, leave daddy alone, he's eating. And the lionesses who had made the kill, they, they came out of the bush and, and they were literally dripping in blood from the kill that it, they had just made. And as cool as it would have been to walk right up to them and get an amazing picture, fear kept me in the car. So sometimes fear can be a good thing because it can be healthy for us and it can be a protective thing. In fact, the Bible even tells us that sometimes fear can be a good thing. So let me just walk you through some, some verses. The first is found in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, in the first part of it. And it's a verse that we all know really well, but I think it really applies here. It says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. You hear that? The fear of the Lord. So fear can be healthy. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. The word fear there, it means extreme reverence and respect. And when you have a lot of reverence and respect for someone, you heed what they say. So if I have a mentor in my life and, and, I, look up to, and I look up to them and, and they're saying something to me, I'm going to pay a lot of attention to what they're saying because I have so much reverence and respect for that person and I trust that what they're saying is good for my life. And so here's the question. Do we trust God enough to heed what he says in his word? When he gives us commandments, when he gives us things to do, do we have enough reverence, enough fear of the Lord to actually obey what he says to do? Because the Bible says that when we fear God, that's when we begin to get wisdom. And I don't know about you, 
But some of the stories I'm reading about what's going on around in social media, I think right now our society, our world needs a lot of wisdom. I'd love to tell you, you know, that uh, no good person will die during this outbreak. I'd love to tell you that no harm will come to any Christian during this outbreak because we just said, well, if you, if you trust God and do what he says, then nothing will happen to you. But, but I can't say that nothing bad will happen to a good person because we know that it does. And so what's our response? When Jesus was speaking in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, he's talking about some, some events that are going on around him. And he says that he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. You know, the truth is that we all face difficult times in our lives. And we all face challenges, Christian or not, atheist, whatever background you are, we all face challenges. And I was reading this week as I was preparing to, to come onto this Facebook Live, just really saying, God, like, what, what are you saying to us as, as people? What are you saying to us, especially as followers? How do we, how do we, how do we live during something that we we have no training for i mean there, there's no there's no schedule there's no protocol there's no guidebook that we can follow this is new uncharted territory for everybody and when we talk about facing difficult times jesus he gives us the heads up in john chapter 16 verse 33 he's talking to his disciples and i want to say that clearly he's talking to his disciples not not to the pharisees or the sadducees or some teachers of the law somewhere in jerusalem or the galilee He's speaking to his disciples, the people that he's closest to in this world. And he's talking to them because he says, listen, I'm going to go. I'm going to die, and then I'm going to go. And they say, no, don't leave us, Lord. And they're getting word. And he says, listen, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And in this world, he says, you will have trouble. Because he was saying, some of you are going to have to leave your home. You're going to have to escape because they're going to come after you. He says, you're going to have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And I don't know about you, but that gives me a lot of comfort to know that he has overcome the world. And if I'm in him and he's in me, there's a comfort that nothing else quite matches. You know, being a Christian doesn't automatically guarantee us protection and exempt us from hardship or trials or tribulations. But Jesus promises us that he will be with us through everything we go through, good and bad. And I was thinking about how I wanted to, to phrase this about, you know, going through difficult times and, you know, what's the advantage of being a Christian over not being a Christian if the sun rises on the good and the bad and all that kind of stuff. You know, we were never promised that we would never have a problem. The promise is that we would never be without his presence. And that's a beautiful thing. And I want to say that one more time because I really feel like some some of you out there really need to, to get this in you, that we were never promised that we would never have a problem. But the promise that he gave us is that we will never have to be without his presence. And then he confirms that, confirms that in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. And at the very end, before he's about to go, he says, Surely I am with you, what? Always. Always to the very end of the age. And I'm going to read something for you that I know a lot of you, you know about. There's a, there's a very famous poem that's been out for a long time called Footprints. And as I was thinking about this 
idea that Jesus said that he's with us always, that he never leaves us. In the good and the bad, he's there for us. Let me just take a moment and, and read this and just kind of close your eyes and, and imagine this conversation. And the poem goes like this. One night I dreamed a dream, and as I was walking along the beach with my Lord, and across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand one belonging to me and one to my Lord. And after the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in my sand or in the sand. And I noticed that at many times along the path of life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. And this really troubled me. So I asked the Lord about it. Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand why when I needed you the most that you would leave me. And he whispered, my precious child, I love you and will never leave you. Never, ever during your trials and testings. When you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. I know it's just a poem, but isn't that so beautiful and so precious? And in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus talks about what we can do when we begin to get weary and tired from the battles of this world and this life. Some of you are feeling weary. Some of you are feeling tired. But Jesus has come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And there's some people out there who really need to hear that today. You're trying to make it on your own. You're trying to balance all these balls that are in the air, and you feel like you're going to drop them, and it's all going to fall apart. And he says, listen, just come to me. If you're weary and if you're feeling burdened and overloaded, just, just come to me and I will give you rest. And I know that a lot of people out there are worried. I'm worried, you know. All my bookings have been canceled. All my flights have been canceled. I can't get anywhere to preach. And so there's, there's financial restraints and there's preaching restraints. And we have all these issues that we're concerned about. And so I know that a lot of people out there are worried. And some are stressing over finances. We're worried about our jobs. You know, we're worried about our family members. We're, we're anxious about how long this thing is going to last. And on and on the list goes. And Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 7, that we can cast all of our anxiety on him, on, on Jesus, because he cares for you. And I, I want you to know, because sometimes, you know, we get beaten up when we tell people, oh, I'm feeling anxious, or I'm feeling nervous, or depressed, or I'm feeling this. And you shouldn't feel that if you're a Christian. Hang on a second. It's okay to feel anxious. These are anxious times. It's, it's okay to be a bit scared. These are scary times. And what I want to encourage you to do is, is find a safe space where you can express what you're going through. Write them down. Just get them out of your system, you know? It's like draining the poison out of your veins after a snake bite. And I want you to know that you're, you're going to get through this. You know, I, I'm going to get through this. We're, we're going to get through this. Now, I want to I give you a verse that is unlikely because you would think, well, that doesn't have anything to do with, with worry and provision. Why are you quoting this? It's found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. And we, we quote this verse a lot for when we're wanting to accomplish something and do something big. You know, it says, I can do all things through him, through Christ who gives me strength, right? I can do all things. Really? Can you do all things? <laughs> Think about it. So does the Bible say you can do all things? Yep. But is it saying you can do all things? Nope. 
Let me give you an example. Can you jump to the moon? No, you can't jump to the moon. Can you, I don't know, pick up a tank? No, you can't pick up a tank. So is the Bible wrong? Is our misunderstanding of the text wrong? Is our misunderstanding of the culture wrong? What do you think? In order to understand what Paul is referring to, what can he do? What's all the stuff that he can do because he knows that God will give him the strength to do it? Just go to the verse before. So often the, the solution, the answer is right there in the text, but we just take what we need and we run off with it. But the answer is there. So let me just back up and go to verse 12. And this is the precursor for what he says he can do. So verse 12, he says, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, <laughs> whether living in plenty or want. So this is what he was referring to. He was saying, it doesn't matter what's going on. Some of us right now are like, oh boy, my pantry is a little... A little low it's not as stuck as i wanted it to be other people have their pantries full some of us have a little bit of money in the bank account some of us have a lot of money in the bank account and, and we're all at different phases and different stages and so like paul when he was going through this he had good he had bad he had up he had down he had full he had empty so it doesn't matter i can do all this i can make it because god is the one who gives me strength and so let me encourage you i want to say it again you will get through this you will get through this. We will get through this. So what are we to do during this difficult time? I just want to be honest. Anybody who's ever heard me preach in their church, you've seen me, you know, doing interviews or whatever, I've always said, I just want to be transparent. I just want to be honest with people. And I'll tell you right now, I don't have all the answers, but the Bible does have a lot of answers. And I want us to address the question, because the title after all of this conversation is, what is the Christian response to COVID-19, to this global pandemic? How should we be behaving in this time? And let me just give you a couple of suggestions of things that we could, we could do. You don't have to do them, but maybe we could. Maybe we could focus on others during this time. What do you think? Maybe we could uh, check in on family and friends to see if there's anything that we can do for them you would be shocked and surprised at how much a text or a phone call can mean to someone who's feeling anxious or feeling alone. You know, just before we, we came online to do this Facebook Live, Karen and I decided to go for a walk through our neighborhood, and her mom and dad don't live too far away, and we walked by her house, and we had a sign that says, we love you, and, you know, we kind of knocked on the window, and they came to the window, and they saw that little piece of paper we had, and you should have seen their faces. They just lit up knowing that they were on someone's mind and then we got in the car and we drove past my mom and my sister's house and same thing we knocked on the window and showed my mom the picture and oh she just lit up and so maybe your parents live too far and you can't walk to their house or drive to their house but maybe you could call them maybe you can shoot them a text maybe you can do a, a facetime video of some sort let's just be thinking about other people other than just us and what we're going through and so I hope that this, this short conversation really has encouraged you even just, just a little bit that you are reminded of how much God loves you and that he cares for you. And most importantly, you're, you're not alone. He walks with you through this time of valley, but he'll also be with us in the mountain when we make it through this.
And so another couple of things that maybe we can do while we have this downtime. Maybe we can use this time, I don't know, to do something that you weren't able to do before because you were so busy, right, with work and schedules and taking kids to soccer and hockey and, and doing this and doing that. And now we have all this time. So what do we do? Again, really practical suggestions. Maybe you can read uh, that book you've been wanting to read, I don't know, for months or even years now. Maybe. Maybe it's a good time. Um, what's the guy's name, Karen? There, there, there's a couple of really uh, good books by this ridiculously good-looking Portuguese guy. I'm just saying. Anyways, uh, maybe you want to give the house you know, a good, deep cleaning. Oh, we did that yesterday, and it felt great. I mean, we moved stuff, got behind stuff. What else are you going to do? I mean, how much YouTube can you watch? How many, how many videos can you watch? How many movies can you watch? Maybe do something that you normally don't get a chance to do. Maybe there's some projects around the house that you can do. Now, remember I told you we went on that walk to go see Karen's parents and show them the sign? Okay, so for my dear friends who live in my neighborhood, it's probably in your neighborhood too, maybe you can use this free time, I don't know, to take down your Christmas ornaments. Just a thought, just saying, Easter is right around the corner. It's kind of hard to think about the sacrificial death of Jesus when I'm walking past Santa Claus and Frosty the Snowman. I'm just saying, maybe take some time and use the time to do something that you normally wouldn't have the time to do. Now, we have, you know, those standard windows on our front doors, and we wanted to put one in that had a slider so we can get a cross breeze through the house. So, hey, we, we did that. Just making use of the time. Maybe there's a book that you've been wanting to write. Maybe there's an idea that you've had for a poem, for, for a song, whatever it is. Maybe you've wanted to start, you know, a journal. Whatever it is, take this time and let's do something constructive with it. You know, I read something on social media earlier this week. I was trying to find it because I wanted to give credit to, to the person, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't locate it again. But it said something like this, that when it rains, learn to have fun in the mud. You know? It's raining right now. So if we can, let's try to have a little fun through it. Let's try to enjoy. You know, they say, you know, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. It's kind of that thing. Take advantage of, of all your newfound free time. And I want you to think about this. You know, they're telling us social distancing. How many have heard that phrasing? You're going to hear it a lot, right? You've heard it and you're going to continue to hear it, especially where we live here in Ontario. They are really cracking down on it and there's even new laws looking to get passed to to charge people who aren't keeping social distancing so think about this they're forcing you to stay home and do nothing it's the first time in history you can save humanity by just lying around and doing nothing that's a pretty good deal stay inside and save the world <laughs> so my friends stay inside stay safe and if we can let's let's do this again real soon and I want you to know that, that God loves you, we love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Too bad. We love you. We're going to keep praying for you. And hopefully, God willing, we'll continue to do a few more of these things while we're at home. Let's stay in touch and let's kind of just, you know, keep the lines of communication open. Uh, but before, before I end this, I just want to bless you today with, with the ironic benediction that we get out of Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 and 26. Now, I want you just to take this in, and this is the priestly blessing that God said every time the people gather, I want you to speak this over them. And so we just want to speak this over you today. So just receive this. 
We pray that the Lord will bless you, that he will keep you, that the Lord would make his face to shine on you, that he would be gracious to you, that the Lord would turn his face towards you, and that he would give you his peace. And I pray that you receive that peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I've put together a, a few things, just, just kind of just the end here, and then we'll, we'll go. But because of all this time that we have, uh, I've put together a few things that will help you uh, pass some of your newfound free time. And just last month, I was able to spend a week in Jerusalem, and things worked out. I was supposed to go with somebody else, and then with everything going on, they couldn't travel, and I ended up there by myself. And so I just grabbed my, my camera, put it on a stick, put a little microphone, and I literally walked through the streets of Jerusalem. And I was just um, videotaping all the different streets, the sites, and the places that we pass by. And so they're called walk and talk segments. And um, they're anywhere from seven minutes to, you know, nine, ten minutes, something like that. And if you go to, actually, I'm going to post below here. And just as soon as I finish this, I'm going to post below uh, the links to it. And you can just click on the YouTube link. And every day, Monday to Friday, for 12 days at 6 a.m., the videos are going to go live. And so it's just, hey, you can't get to Israel right now. Israel is really going through it. They've put a lot of travel restrictions on the country, on tourists and foreigners. So this is a really easy way to get to Jerusalem. I'm going to walk you through the streets, and we're going to end up at some really cool places. I had a lot of fun doing it, so you can check that out. All of my books are available um, in e-form, electronic form. So if you don't want them delivered to your house, if you're afraid of that, you can download them electronically and read them. And all these things, they're just done to help you to pass the time and to grow in your faith while, while we're waiting. So thanks so much for joining us, guys, and we'll see you soon. 